Hey leader, David Burke is here, organizational psychologist and author of four best-selling books on helping leaders and teams do their best work ever. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about how to fix a broken team culture. You know, it happens way too often. I end up in discussions with new individual contributors, sometimes new leaders who have been lured away from a job that they enjoyed, a job they were satisfied in, maybe even a job that they, that they liked. And they were lured away for higher pay or for the promise of a more satisfying culture. And then once they're there, everything changes. Once the courtship is over, the real company culture comes out and they realize they've made a terrible mistake. If you're in a leadership role, though, there's something that you can do. If you're an individual contributor, by the way, uh, the best bet may be to go be successful in a better culture as soon as you can. You can do what you can and you could probably even put these tips into play to help turn the culture of your team. But really, if you're a leader, you have the power, maybe not to change the entire company culture, but to create a, a pocket of safety, a pocket of excellence, a team that has a thriving culture. And in my opinion, that matters more because most people's experience of work is not the overall company culture, it's the team that they work on. And so if we can fix a broken team culture and build one that is thriving, that is high performing, that is actually engaging, then we can help people do their best work ever. So the first action you should take, the very first action you should take to fix a broken team culture is to start with who. With apologies to Simon Sinek. Simon is right that starting with why, starting with a sense of purpose and a reason, a larger mission behind why we do what we do is hugely important. But one of the things that we know from the research and also from the experiences of lots of different companies, large and small, is that starting with why, starting with the mission, the vision for a lot of leaders turns into just reciting the mission statement. You know, that buzzword laden thing that maybe the organization paid a consultant or maybe the new CEO almost brought with them to the organization. And what we know from research is that people need to make the connection between that grand mission statement and who, who, is helped by the work that we do. So great leaders do start with why, especially if they're trying to fix a broken team culture, but they know that the answer to why is who. Who benefits from the work that we do? Now, this could be customers, this could be stakeholders, this could be internal teammates. We serve this group of people in the organization as they serve someone else. And by the way, if you're a leader, that's you, right? Because your mentality is that you serve the people in your charge so that they can serve customers and stakeholders. And one of the ways you do that is by making their who very apparent. Collect the stories of how society has changed because of the work that your organization has done or how individual lives have been made better or even just people's work experiences have been made more enjoyable by the work that you do. You should be able to point to a who and point to one regularly. And part of fixing a broken team culture is to start with that who not only because of the purpose piece, but also because it helps people get out of their own mind. It helps people figure out, we're doing this for something bigger than us. We're doing this. And so my needs, my own individual slights, the conflicts that come up as a result of trying to assert my importance, they matter a whole lot less in the face of who really benefits from the work that we do. So if you're trying to fix a, a broken team culture, start with who? The second step is to create clarity around roles and responsibility. You know, we, we talked about one of the big sources of conflict being individuals really trying to assert their own dominance, meet their own needs, et cetera, fight for all sorts of stuff. 
But one of the other big sources of conflict is when people just don't know who's supposed to be working on what, when they just don't know what they can expect from their teammates, when they don't know what they can expect from themselves. Most conflict in organization comes from a lack of clarity about roles and responsibilities. It comes from thinking that your job is someone else's or that someone else needs to help you do theirs when they have no idea because they don't have clarity around roles and responsibilities. And we know this from research into you know, Project Aristotle from Google is probably one of the biggest ones. Clarity of roles and responsibilities is one of the biggest things you can do to turn a team around and make them a high-performing team. Now, how do you do that? Well, I think the best way to do it is kind of a two-step process. So I know we're on step two of fixing a broken team culture, but let's call this 2A and 2B. Now, 2A would be to set objectives together, to look at what your team is supposed to accomplish and then break down as a team who's handling what. The first time you do this, this may mean that there are some turf wars, there are some arguments over who's supposed to do stuff. Let that conflict, as long as it stays respectful, let that conflict bubble up so that we can become aware of it and we can adjust roles and responsibilities accordingly. And then once everyone is aware to A of what over the next you know, work period, whether that's a week, two weeks, a month, quarter, whatever it is, I wouldn't go longer than a quarter, whatever it is, we know 2A, we know the clarity of roles and responsibilities. Make sure 2B, we have a way to have people on the team ask each other for help, to give progress reports to each other, not just you, but that the whole team is aware of who's working on what, who's facing what setbacks, and how they can help. Not only will that increase helping on the team, which will help a lot with team culture, it'll really help with that 2A because, let's be honest, we've all set goals, started to work, and then realized we needed to make a pivot. And if the whole team's not aware of one individual's pivot, then we're right back at having to start over at two A. So we want to make sure the team is constantly aware. I call this often working out loud. We wanna make sure the team is constantly aware of where people are struggling, where they're having success, and how they can help. And if we do that, we can create clarity around roles and responsibilities. And the third step in fixing a broken team culture is to build psychological safety. Psychological safety is a term from Amy Edmondson. If you are a longtime viewer of these videos and this whole series, you'll know I'm a huge fan of psychological safety. And that is because there is not really a single high-performing team in any capacity that doesn't recognize psychological safety. Even teams that are marked by uh, interpersonal rivalries, it's much more, when they're high-performing, it's much more playful. It's much more done in the spirit of making each other better because they know that that trust and respect that are hallmarks of psychological safety are there, are present in the team. Psychological safety also affects whether or not people feel free to speak up, whether or not they feel free to talk about the things in the organizational culture that are infecting the team culture. Psychological safety means people know how to respectfully dissent so that they know how to speak up when they need to, but also they know how to disagree on projects when we need to make pivots or we need to brainstorm different solutions. We don't get any of that without psychological safety. We don't get the benefits of diversity, of diverse perspectives, work experiences, lived experiences. We don't get any of that unless we create a sense of psychological safety on the team. And when we do, and we pair that with clarity of roles and responsibilities, and we know who we're doing all of those, taking on all those roles and responsibilities for, then we begin to turn around the, the nature of the team culture, even in an organizational culture that is still toxic. Even in a situation like that, we can create a team that is insulated, that is buffering the individual members of the team from that toxic culture and creating a high-performing team culture. A culture that keeps people engaged, keeps people a part of the organization, keeps people motivated. And if we start with who, and if we make clarity of roles and responsibilities, and we build psychological safety, we can create a team culture that helps everyone do their best work ever. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, leave a rating and review because it helps share these messages with many, many more people. And if you really liked it and you want to go deeper, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkuscom slash resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do your best work ever.